Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Vladimir Restoin Reutfeld, President and Managing Director of CR Fashion Book Limited, and also the son of the iconic Karine Reutfeld. Vladimir took over the family business about five years ago and has since expanded the CR brand to include a perfume line, a men's magazine, a creative agency working with the likes of Yeezy, the list goes on. I wanted to ask him about fashion's current direction and where Kareen fits in in the influencer era. Welcome, Vladimir. Well, thank you for the intro. Did I get it right? Very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you didn't mess it up. <laughs> you got a lot on your plate. I guess I have to get an idea. Paint the picture of the extent of of your company, offices across uh, countries. How large is this operation? We're a very small uh, operation. Uh, I would say we're kind of a niche operation. We have, I mean, we had until a few months ago an office in Tribeca, which unfortunately uh, no one has been able to go to since March. So everybody's been working remotely for almost the past 10 months. We have a an office in Paris uh, where Karine and a small team are uh, working from. They actually have been using the office over the last few months very safely, but they have been able to do so. So we have two, two offices. Um, I used to and Karine used to go back and forth between Paris and New York quite often. Unfortunately, this is not the case at the moment. So I've been operating the company from, from New York and Karine has been creatively handling everything from from Paris. So, but we're pretty small. Um, uh, I would say that the core, the core of our team has, has always been the, uh, the team around the magazine, obviously, which is really the engine engine, sorry, of, of all of our activities. It's, I would say, uh, our DNA, our image, our brand, uh, is really, uh, uh, comes out of CR fashion book, uh, the magazine itself. And then there's a lot of derivative that comes out of this of this uh, of this niche magazine. Yes, I was going to ask how you uh, split your time or how you're spending your time these days. I mean, how are you juggling it? Most of the time, CR Fashion Book, uh, the magazine itself, and online. Yes, I mean, uh, the good thing is that we spend. I mean, if I could say, there's a good thing. We try. We have to try and look at the positive aspect of what is happening to our lives at the moment, which has been for all of us something that I don't think any of us was ready to face in any way. Uh, but somehow we have to look at uh, maybe a little bit of the positive. The positive is that we move a lot less. So somehow we might be working more, maybe more by ourselves, but we spend more time in one place, which I think, you know, we're all New Yorkers and we know what it means to be uh, moving around, whether it's in the subway or a taxi every single day that we end up, we don't end up spending a lot of time in the actual office. Uh, so I think we've been, uh, I've been spending a lot more time behind my desk than I used to in the past, um, which allows me maybe to be a little bit more productive. Although we had to do and face a lot of, uh, reorganization internally very quickly, uh, uh, which we weren't really ready for, but we faced it. It was difficult, but we, uh, we survived. We're still here. We're still alive. So we're still running the show. But um, it's pretty much spread between, you know, the magazine itself, um, the studio, the agency, um, as well as, you know, all sort of opportunities that my role is um, involved in, which is to somehow enhance 
the activities of CR beyond publishing. So, you know, we, we extended, I would say, our magazine name to some international edition, a men's edition. We extended Karin's businesses to not only the world of consulting and styling, but also the world of a creative agency slash production company, which I've put in place a few years ago with Karin. Um, we've extended the name of CR and the magazine uh, into some quite uh, consistent yearly projects, such as our calendar and our fashion show, CR Runway. Yeah. Uh, and we were also able to extend this CR name into the development of products. Right now, it's, uh, I would say, luxury, but not fashion, uh, starting with uh, not the easiest, but somehow uh, a fun project, the perfume. Which is which was launched, as you know, because you came to uh, to the house <laughs> about a couple of years ago. Uh, we launched our first collection in 2019 of seven perfume, and we are about to launch four or five more between 21 and 22, as well as makeup lines. Oh, so that's so exciting! When's I the kind makeup? of oversee a little bit of of everything uh, with a very small team, but uh, I would say people with a lot of energy and passion for, uh, especially for Karin. I don't think they're here for me. They're more here for her. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I make the best out of it. And I have fun. Definitely. So much to unpack there. You gotta, are you able to share when the makeup line is coming? Is that around the corner? It's not around the corner. It's really where we're in the development phase. Uh, but I would hope by the end of 21, the first line will come out. Amazing. Well, let's start unpacking um, all that you just told me. Um, first of all, um, changes. How has the pandemic affected the business? Where were you able to cut corners? Where? What did you lean into? What were the changes specifically? I mean, it was a uh, it was a shock. Uh, I was kind of uh, unfortunately maybe a very optimistic person when I first heard of it, and I thought this was going to be something that was going to last only a couple months. So I was completely wrong on that side so maybe i did not panic very fast uh but maybe this was uh this was um for the better somehow uh we were um kind of you know forced to reorganize ourselves first of all in the way that we worked uh you know we uh, when you uh run a i would say a fashion business a lot of the driving force comes from the energy that you have within your team and the fact that you know you surround yourself with um, creative people that share similar passion and just that energy that comes out of being all together in the same room every day is a very strong force, which unfortunately we have to do without at the moment. We also had to learn how to work uh, on our own. We had to learn how to work remotely. So there was a lot of learning uh, through the process. I thought, like I said before, it was going to be a few months, but then it ended up extending through, as we all know, a very long period of time and a very difficult period of time. So it was very difficult, um, to be honest, like for every small business. Um, but you know, you have to, uh, you have to survive and you have to reassess how things can be done under such difficult conditions. And, you know, being also a, a publication, you are, you know, you don't have all the tools in, in your own box to kind of like do what you want and survive the way you want. Unfortunately, we are, like many other businesses, dependent on the success of our partners. Uh, we are uh, dependent on, you know, you know, as yeah. to be very transparent on advertising revenue and advertising, advertising revenue is 
based on budgets that brands can allocate to communication on a yearly basis, which is kind of based on the success of the company. And the success of the company is based on their sales and revenue, which, you know, everything was shaken up this year. So everything is, everything was less. Uh, it was kind, kind of hard to have um, a clear visibility as to how much uh, less uh, numbers were going to be for 2020. Uh, so we had to be patient. We had to slow down our activities for a little bit. And then, you know, we, um, you know, we waited till kind of the last minute in this summer to have an idea as to how things were going to shape up for the end of the year. And, you know, we were able to somehow put a, um, a team in place to produce our full edition of CR. And, um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of very important subject also in addition to the pandemic that, you know, our country, uh, here and also the world had to, you know, um, acknowledge and face and, and, and really try and work on, on, um, on doing what's best, uh, for all of us. And we had to kind of, you know, digest a lot of things, but I think that somehow we, uh, we came up and we came out maybe as a better magazine and maybe, um, uh, um, I would even say maybe better people, at least a better message with better understanding of many things that were, that are very important to, to the world. So I think somehow mm -hmm. there is a little bit of positive in all this, but it's been, uh, it hasn't been a smooth ride. It's been kind of like, uh, been in the middle of the ocean and there's been a lot of, a <laughs> lot of waves, uh, yeah. but, uh, but we didn't drown and we're still, we're still, we're still there. So, uh, <laughs> we can't complain. Right on. Well, talk to me about the print publication. It's right now it's a biannual publication. Is that still uh, the case? And yeah, was there a discussion? Do we cut print? Uh, what do we do now? Uh, yes, we've always been a biannual magazine. When I joined, CR was a, uh, so it's a, CR is a very, I would say, uh, uh, niche and uh, purity fashion uh, publication. Uh, it is a biannual magazine that comes out in the fall and in the spring. I, over the last few years, we extended, um, our edition to, uh, our men's edition, which also comes out twice a year. And we also extended to our, uh, international edition. So we launched, uh, our Japanese edition about three and a half, maybe four years ago now. And somehow we were able to launch our Chinese edition a couple of weeks ago, which was something that nice. was in the works for the last couple of years. Uh, the magazine was supposed to come out in March in China, which obviously it wasn't the right time. Uh, so we pushed it back and, uh, it came out a couple of weeks ago and it was, uh, it's a very exciting thing for us because, you know, having the ability to have an existing brand in China is extremely exciting. Uh, so this happened this year. Nice. And it's, they're all biannual and they pretty much all come out at the same time. Awesome. But yes, you had to, uh, you had to cut your cost in, in, in different ways. Um, uh, and you had to learn how to, you know, work, uh, uh, you know, everything was difficult. I mean, product producing a fashion shoot right now, uh, first of all, it's not a priority, I would say for <laughs> most considering what's happening, but somehow we had to make it happen. You have to make it happen safely. And also you have to go through a lot of regulations uh in addition to cuts in budget so it's it was uh it's a very difficult thing to do but um we managed we managed yes. and we're actually working on spring now 
Nice. We talk a lot of, uh, to brands about the difficulty of, I guess, setting up shop, um, establishing a presence in China. What did it mean? What was the approach? Did it mean just linking with the right partners? I, I, was it a long haul? Yeah, honestly, since from the moment I, uh, I've all, I think, I think any magazine wants to, uh, especially niche magazine like our ones, having the ability to launch in China is an amazing opportunity. And I think it's exciting because it's very difficult. Uh, I'm not going to go through the entire process, but it's, uh, it's not an easy, I would say, place to launch a publication with, you know, within the, uh, you know, political difficulties or censorship that, you know, uh, you have to also face in China. It's not always, uh, it's not easy, um, to, uh, to be a magazine there. And it's about finding the right partner. It's about finding someone that believes in you, someone that also wants to invest in you. And, uh, there was a lot of, uh, because of the Japanese edition, I had to go to Japan until this year, probably three to four times a year to meet clients. Our magazine in Japan is done in partnership with the group, the Hearst Group. Mm-hmm. So from being in Japan, I was able to sometime extend my trip and go and meet partners in China, which I did for about two, two, three years until we actually found someone to do it with, uh, a partner to do it with a year and a half ago. And then we were supposed to launch six months later and we launched 12 months later. Um, but yes, it's uh, uh, difficult, but not impossible. Yes. Talk to me about a typical year, uh, the balance, I guess, um, in your revenue. What comes from advertising versus what comes from sales of the magazine? Uh, and how did that change this year? Revenue-wise, the way things are balanced haven't really changed this year. When you're a magazine, you're, you know, you're dependent on, on advertising revenue. We're, we're, we are a print magazine. So most, most of our revenue comes from the sales of advertising pages in the magazine. There's also obviously now with the growth of, of digital and the ability that you can, that brands can communicate the power, sorry, that brands can communicate through social. There's a lot of, I would say, package deals that come when selling a page. It's not only a, a print page, but it's also maybe uh, a banner or it's also or it's uh, uh, i don't know it's an online advertorial uh which i don't know if you know what an advertorial yes. is but an advertorial is okay so you know uh, <laughs> we got it uh, okay so it's an advertorial so there's a lot of package deals but it's uh uh you're 100 dependent on on um, on your clients whether it's print or social or an advertorial so as a magazine you're dependent on 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 um, on, on your clients um revenue and then obviously as as most publication your magazine is one uh you know it's your dna it's your it's your brand it's your image but it's also your relationship and your network which from there you can grow other sources of revenue which is why we built with karine uh i don't want to give the wrong word but just to put it in a simple couple word maybe like a small sort of advertising slash production agency um where we have you know, the ability to create very unique content for brands, which, you know, CR is, is known for. And we're very appealing because we're very, I would say, unique in, in the, in the content that we can create, but also the, the network that we have, uh, you know, for brands is, is appealing because whether it's a great stylist or photographer or art director, a lot of people are willing to be working with us. And yeah. then what we also have is our driving force to our communication. Tools, meaning our community on social, where we have about a million and a half followers on, 
on CRFB, but also our ability to communicate through Karen's personal Instagram, which she hasn't really been doing, but we try and tie it up now with the magazine a little bit more. And she has almost 2 million followers. So we have, I would say there's, we have the ability to create content, but we also have an affiliation um, and a power behind our community that follows us to that, you know, that's interesting for brands to want to partner with us. Yeah. Interesting enough, sorry, for brands to want to partner with us. Yes. Who's advertising now? What type of brands and what are they looking for in an advertising opportunity? I mean, you know, you know the LVMH carrying Chanel and, and so on, but also we work with smaller brands. Um, uh, I think that uh, the affiliation in being in a, you know, being a niche magazine as, you know, obviously you don't generate as much revenue and you're not a corporate organization like, like a Hearst or Condé Nast is. Uh, so we, we're not facing the same numbers, but we're also not facing the same pressure. And we also are facing some somehow like less competition within a group because we're very unique. Uh, we have a unique voice. Uh, we're much more niche. And somehow I think brands are very appealed by the fact that advertising in CR is very different from advertising in any other publication. So we stand, we stand out yeah. um, uh, from other magazines, maybe. Uh, for brands. Uh, so I think for them to partner with us and to be credited in our stories is appealing to them. Um, so yes, I think um, this is what they have been looking for. But you know, advertising maybe for brands nowadays is uh, becoming a little bit more, uh, it's not a very modern business. Maybe it's becoming a little obsolete for some, but it's still necessary for most to be a uh, part of magazines. That said, uh, it's not you're not a priority in terms of communication, you know, getting a credits and a page in the magazine is maybe not enough. I think it's more about maybe the experience that as a magazine um, or as a community or a publication, however we want to put it, we are able to create for, for consumers, which then becomes attractive to brands. Um, and maybe this is kind of like the future also of, of our magazine is, you know, what else can we do for brands than just, you know, giving you a credit and advertorial for an advertising page in the magazine? Can we create a, an experience for you consumers that somehow can generate revenue for you? So I think, you know, maybe slowly turning, you know, or adding an e-commerce aspect to our business is something that we're definitely looking at. When I say e-commerce, I really mean a unique shopping experience. So creating content for consumers. That's appealing for brands. Amazing. Let's take a quick break. Let's pivot a little bit um, to the, the fragrance launch. Like you said, I was at your living room you're in now for this launch back in early 2019. Um, what was, I know that was many years in the making. <laughs> so you guys are moving fast with the, ma the makeup launch. Um, but talk to me about, yeah, the motivation and the goal. I think for us, the motivation has always to, you know, we think that, Karine has had a, an amazing career and is, she's a very unique personality in the business. And I think that she has, uh, I've always thought that she has, she has, she had the ability with her name to turn it into something that would be, you know, somehow could become to create a legacy around Karine. So it's to kind of like create a community around the world of CR, Karine Reutfeld, however we want to call it, that goes beyond Karine's day to day activities. Uh, the magazine is one, one thing, um, where we can extend it into other businesses, like we say, the international edition or, 
you know, the, the community online or maybe the ability to turn it into e-commerce or maybe the ability to start doing merchandise around CR fashion book and so on. So all this is, you know, all this is one sector of, uh, the extension of the CR brand, uh, into other businesses, which are really creating a legacy. And this idea of legacy, um, has always stayed in our mind and have been a source of motivation. And obviously, um, creating luxury products was always very attractive, but being in fashion and having this sort of relationship with brands, Karin did not want to become a fashion label. Uh, and she wanted also to do something that she had never done before if she was to uh, launch products. And perfume was kind of a dream scenario for her because, you know, if your perfume is a success, it's something that it doesn't have any seasons. Uh, it can exist for many, many years. Uh, it doesn't age. It actually ages very well across time. And it, it really resonated the most with this idea of legacy. So we decided to adventure ourselves in the perfume world. And yes, it took us, took us about eight years to launch the, the collection of seven, which we did last year. And obviously it's not an easy time to launch, uh, uh, new products, but we, a luxury you know, product. It's not cheap. <laughs> It's not cheap, but we learned through the first experience and we have a small team that worked very closely with Karin in Paris in terms of at least ideating ideas for future products. And, you know, we have to keep on going and we're doing well with, with the first collection. I'm sure we could do better if we were not in the middle of a pandemic, obviously, but it's also, you know, we have to keep on thinking what else we want to do, what other products we want to do. And we are actually working on the, on the trilogy, which is going to be three new perfumes for 21. Uh, and then there will be, um, uh, derivative. So new, um, uh, from, from the actual collection. And then we want to move into makeup, which will probably come out at the end of 21. That's but great. We haven't been into production of anything yet. We're just, you know, in the ideating mood board process. Yes. Are the, the new fragrances, I know that the original seven were inspired. There's a, there's great storytelling tied to it, inspired by lovers. Is that, um, is that even more, first of all, storytelling more important as people are buying fragrance online? Um, and is there an IRL presence? Are they being sold in store? We are being sold in stores. Yes, yes, we are. We actually, we're not sending in stores in the US, but we are, uh, we're at Harrods in London. We're at Bon Marché in Paris. We're at the Ritz in Paris. We're selling at Gold Apple in Russia. Uh, we're in the Middle East, we're sitting in Kuwait, in Qatar, uh, we're in Spain, uh, we're in Ukraine, we're in Romania. I mean, we're a little bit uh, Europe, uh, Middle East. We're not in Asia or in the US yet. But yes, we are. Obviously, selling perfume online is um, not easy. It's, it's really a retail product. But uh, uh, stores, you know, are operating in most of those places. Obviously, Harris is not at the moment. And Bon Marché neither. So... There's a little bit of a, a difficult moment to go through now, but uh, it will come back. Yes. So we have to plan uh, the future uh, of our collection. And uh, it's not going to be a collection of seven again. We're doing a, tr a trilogy, but they're going to come uh, three, four months apart. So each one of the perfume are going, is going to have its, its own sort of life uh, and it's not going to be connected. It's not going to be a collection. They're going to be unique. Got it. Is fashion in the cards, a fashion line? Uh, no, we're not discussing any fashion for, at least on the Karin uh, Reutfeld product side, no. Yep. Uh, but maybe merchandise on, on, on CR Fashion Book, potentially, yes. 
That makes sense. Talk about the role of the fashion show and, and where that yeah falls into the whole um, company. I know that you guys did the first YouTube virtual fashion show in May, which has since become such a thing, a necessity for some brands that are really used to having a fashion show. Um, is it uh, is it about doing something for a cause? What's it about? Well, it's always been doing something for a cause because the the the, the idea of this uh, I would say this big CR runway came uh, from the fashion show that Karine has been creating for Amfar for the past 10 years. Amfar is the American Foundation for AIDS Research, and they have a very big gala in Cannes uh, every year in May during the film festival. And it's a gala that has about nine, 900 to 1,000 guests. And there's uh, a lot of um, uh, performances um, and a lot of great um, uh, auctions uh throughout the night uh that usually raises a lot of money for for research for aids uh and one of the big moments of the evening is that very big runway that karine has been creating where every year she comes out with a different theme and then we speak to brands about the theme and the designers make one special unique piece for the actual fashion show and then there's a fashion show with about 50 60 uh, pieces and then the entire collection goes for sale live to one person um, and um, it has become a very important moment of the evening and from there we had the idea to turn this runway into something that could become uh, uh, maybe more of a um, of a multi-brand fashion show that we could do outside the charity angle which we did launch actually in the summer of 2019 in partnership with uh, online retailer called Wiza Aroma. Yes. And we launched the first CR runway in Florence in the summer of 2019. And we um, we built, I would say, a fashion stadium where we had about five to 6,000 guests. Uh, we had about 80 brands that participated in the show, uh, performance by Lenny Kravitz and so on. And, and the idea was to keep on doing this show once a year with a different partner in a different country. And to always keep on doing the partnership with Ampha and uh, uh, really to maintain the charity angle and to keep on raising money through this fashion show once a year. And we were working on our 2020 runway. And obviously, both your runway and Ampha had to be canceled. Um, so I actually came up with the idea sometime in April uh, that I pitched to someone at, at Ampha that we should collaborate together and put on the first, I would say, big online digital fashion show. And um, we worked on it for about a month and a half. It was nonstop. Um, we collaborated with YouTube and Derek Glassberg on this event. Um, we built the team. We called all of the team of people that had worked on, on CR Runway and the Am first show. And everybody worked. Um, everybody did it for free. Um, and we, you know, called, there was a, we have a great casting director and he, uh, we called all the, all, all the models that usually do the show and everybody agreed to, you know, do a little runway from their own, uh, uh very safely from their own house or apartments and, uh, to wear whatever they wanted to wear from their closet. And we produced this show and, you know, we were able to, uh, get some great donation and to raise some money at the same time doing a moment where, 
the pandemic was at the the hardest stages. It was a very difficult and maybe also very sad sad time. And we thought, you know, why not do something to try and offer a little bit of a uh, a moment of fun to uh, our fashion lovers. So we uh, we came up with this idea, and it, it was fun. It was a fun thing. It was a good thing. It was like a little bit of an escape at a yeah. difficult time and a way to raise some money. So uh, and also. Perhaps we were the the first of doing something like this online. I know brands have been doing it more since, um, but to be very honest, I don't think it has replaced uh, uh, a live fashion show. It's like you know, working remotely will not replace the energy that you get from sharing a room with you know your your, your the people that you work with on your team. It's the energy that comes from all being together in this in one space is something that you know nothing can replace so we i think the digital shows are more an extension of what it could be maybe yeah. after the pandemic brands will still be doing it but i think that when you know our ability to all be together in one room becomes a possibility again i think i'm very confident that this will be a preference for most yes gosh i think everyone still loves the fashion show but it's got to be a show give us something to look at <laughs> it has um, to be a show of exactly. course. Maybe we're going to become even more difficult after this. And, you know, we're going to expect the greatest show only to happen. Let's see. I don't we, Nobody knows how things are going to shape up. Exactly. We just got to keep on doing things. Yes. Talk to you about CR Studio. What projects make sense and are a fit? I mentioned um, campaigns with Yeezy in the past. Um, who, who else are you working with? Well, well, what we do is the studio is really that we, uh, we are able, you know, we're kind of a one shop stop for brands. Um, um, you know, it's our ability to create unique content, but also our ability to somehow, you know, through our network to be able to deliver, um, um, everything that a brand, um, um, had anticipated to somehow communicate with over the season. So they come, you know, we have relationship, whether it's, I don't know, we've done it with easy, but we've worked with, with so many brands. I don't think I'm going to name them now like, like, like this, but I think a lot, um, and we uh, we just produce content for them, whether it's um, an advertising campaign, whether it's a short film for for social, um, whether it's you know all sort of content that 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 you can imagine. Uh, we are able to produce it, uh, deliver it, but also we also have our ability, an ability to communicate uh, uh, through our own uh, channels, whether it's on CR Fashion Book or with Karine. So we kind of have. You know, the ability to communicate, to, to produce the content, deliver the content, but also promote it uh, through our channels. So we have, we're kind of unique uh, force for that. Yes, I would think that the draw is, I mean, people know Corrine's style. They, they understand she's a tastemaker. She's not going to steer you wrong. <laughs> Just tell me about the power of the Corrine Reutfeld name um, in all of your businesses. And uh, where would you call her kind of this mega, mega, mega <laughs> influencer? I mean, it's, uh, I'm talking about my mom, so it's hard to put it into uh, words of the mega, mega influencer, but she is definitely the reason of this business being what it is today. She's the, she's the inspiration. She's the driving force. She's the, the one that holds, you know, obviously this credibility, the style, the relationship, the respect. Um, you know, there's so much we can say. She is really nothing would exist without Karina. Uh, it's my role to try and, and, and turn it into something that goes even beyond all of this. And, and, you know, we are a, a family business. This is the beginning of an adventure. 
this was not something that was actually planned. I don't think that neither Karen or myself thought that we would ever be working together. Uh, I never thought I would until, you know, five, six years ago when I, you know, we both understood that maybe there was more to do uh, and we had to take the risk to to kind of like, I was working in the art business at the time. So I had to stop what I was doing to do something else, which is not always easy to somehow reinvent yourself in life. But I went through it and uh, I have an incredible opportunity with Karin and uh, I'm just doing my best to try and, 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 and create something that, that has the leg of for the future to become something much, much bigger than what it is today. Right on. Well, can't wait to see what all that you guys do. Uh, Vladimir, this was awesome. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre Bienname. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Don't forget that we're offering Glossy Podcast listeners 20% off an annual Glossy Plus membership, giving you unlimited access to fashion and beauty stories. Use the code podcast at checkout. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.